sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back into the morning after Happy Friday. I'm uh, Dubs Anderson filling in for Benny Stevens. Ben will be back on Monday, so don't stress. But it's now time to touch on some of the other sports, the other guys. Everyone knows Dubs. He's like the Swiss Army knife of sports betting. Let's get started. Let's touch on a PGA Tour. It's round two for the Detroit Rocket Mortgage Classic. So Heath Gala up top here. And nine under par round two already out on the golf course. This is a guy who's been absolutely thumping on that door for his first breakthrough win on the tour. Again, this golf course giving up a lot of birdies. That's what we saw out there yesterday. Charlie Hoffman in second place at eight under par. And of course, Tony Finau, eight under par for round one with Taylor Pendrith, Canadian Bacon. Tony Finau, this is what we see from him. He gets a win. Now he's full of confidence. He's saying this is this is easy work. He goes on an absolute heater for three or four events, and then he loses it. The wheels come off. So Tony Finau is your favorite here at three to one. Taylor Pendrith, a plus 750. He's shown glimpses. Maybe he can be a threat. But uh, for me, Tony Fino is suddenly the guy to beat. Can he go back-to-back on the PGA Tour? It's not an easy feat. Um, that's why we see, you know, a plethora of multiple, you know, multitude of winners week in, week out here. So Tony Fino yet to get round two started. Adam Scott making a move here on Friday at seven under par. That could be the cheeky value play. We got him at 37 to one. Pre-tawny. If you're looking for a bit of value, Cameron Young charging up this leaderboard now gets it to six under par. Again, three shots back. You've got to imagine the winning mark is going to be right around 25 under par. This is an old-school golf course, Detroit Golf Club, the North Course. Uh, Donald Ross Gem, it just cannot guard itself against uh, you know the high-caliber golf we see from the PGA Tour. And it's not all about the PGA Tour this week. The Live Series gets underway. It's their third event starting today. Over there in Bedminster, you could argue that it's a pretty decent field. A lot of the big names pegging it up there. Bryson, Lefty, DJ, Patty Reed, Taylor Gooch, uh, Bubba Watson, the latest to join the ranks there. So plenty of golf going on. And hey, we've got a couple more events until the FedEx Cup playoffs. And that's where it gets exciting. But let's talk about some of these other sports. You know your boy loves a bit of soccer, a bit of MLS. And my guys have been having a sensational run. LAFC. Who'd we sign? Gareth Bale. Yes, a superstar amongst the global game. He was on, what, $35 million. Now he comes to LA for a million bucks, trying to get a few reps in ahead of the World Cup. And we know he brings his best stuff for the World Cup. I mean, uh, they absolutely sat him on the pine there for Real Madrid. But this is the game of the night for me. LAFC taking on the Seattle Sounders, LAFC uh, atop of the Western Division. They've been fantastic. 21 wins, 14 losses uh, for Seattle. Yeah, they've been decent, but they're going to be no match for LAFC. Minus 210 for your home team. Uh, it's not a great number, but again, we've got to get about it. If you're looking for a bit more value, maybe get on an anytime goal scorer there. Carlos Vela at plus 260 and Gareth Bale at 3 to one anytime goal scorers and again lafc were already the strongest team in the competition you're throwing these superstars getting ready for the world cup yeah that is the team to beat moving forward we got the english premier league kick starting next week as well august 6 getting underway match week uh one if you will who's the team to beat manchester city 
Is there a good number? No, minus 175. We can't entertain that. That is not nice. There is no value there. The Man City, absolutely the team to beat. Pep Guardiola trying to run it back. They already had a great team. Kevin De Bruyne, you throw in Erling Haaland. Yeah, Liverpool, what are they, plus 220? That's going to be tough. We welcome in our radio listeners, Channel 159. This is the morning after. I'm Dubs Anderson. We're talking a little of the other stuff, the other sports. And right now we're chopping it up. English Premier League, a bit of soccer talk getting started uh, next week. They're their first matchup. And, of course, Man City is the team to beat. The also-rans Liverpool, a plus 220. Mo Salah, what can they do? But I guess the big news in the offseason, Manchester United, Cristiano Ronaldo, they want to part ways, but no one. Once Cristiano, 37 years of age. Yes, he can still score at a very high clip, but he's uh, he's struggling to get away from Old Trafford. And for Manchester United, they are not the best team in Manchester. They're not even close. What else is going on in the world of sports? What about a bit of tennis talk? The US Open fast approaching. Flushing Meadows. Novak Djokovic, a recent winner at Wimbledon, not allowed to come in the country, uh, refusing to get the vaccine, which means for a foreign national, he cannot come into the States and contend for the U.S. Open, which is big news. He's still your odds-on favorite at plus 130, but right now, as it stands, he will not be playing. That opens up the door. Medvedev, your world number one, back in the mix at plus 210. Carlos Alcaraz, the young Spaniard at plus 380, and, of course, Rafa Nadal at 6-1. to one. Now, it's big in the GOAT debate. Nadal has 22 grand slams to his name. He's busted. He's injured. Novak Djokovic now has 21. He's fit. He's healthy. But he cannot play. He will not be playing here at the US Open. He likely will not be allowed to play at the Aussie Open. So where do we next see him? At the French? That's what, almost 10, 11 months away? Big news in tennis. Novak Djokovic, uh, he's standing strong. And I totally respect that. But again, when he looks back at his career in, in 10, 20 years to say, I missed a couple opportunities to get to 22 Grand Slams, to 23, to beat out Rafa, to beat out the Fed Express and become the greatest of them all. Maybe he looks back at that, but plenty going on this week. And we've even got a bit of Formula One. I feel like ever since they put this thing on Netflix, everyone wants to get involved with a bit of Formula One. If we're looking at the driver's standings, Max Verstappen up top there with uh, Red Bull Racing. He's chasing win number eight. That's how good this guy is. If you look at the constructor standings, Red Bull Racing up top there ahead of Charles Leclerc and Ferrari. And what about the horses? We're back this week at Saratoga. We're back at Delmar. One more can you ask for it is a sports premium here on a friday morning the morning after big dubsy taking you through the next hour sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Welcome back into the morning after. Happy Friday. Time to get the weekend started right. We're giving you the winning edge. I'm Dubs Anson filling in for Benny Stevens. And whenever I fill in for Benny, one of the highlights of jumping up on show here is catching up with good mate Alex Fasano, hearing about what's going on behind the scenes. And you guys are always causing a ruckus. What is the latest, my man? How we doing, Dubsy? Appreciate your help this week. You're an all-star. All-star weekend already passed in Major League Baseball, but the Sports Grid All-Star Week 
is all you, my friend. So we appreciate the got. help. But we got a great, yeah, it's been great, great episode here for you today. It's about the Subway Series. The Mets okay. taking the two-game sweep over the Yankees. I got to ask before we get to the episode, though. So the Subway Series, the Mets, the Yankees, crosstown rivals in New York. Are there any crosstown rivalries back home that we should be talking about? Is there a Subway Series that we don't know about? Yeah, I, I guess we'd uh, I, I'd throw it to the rugby league. Uh, we call it the Silver Tails against the Firebros. My manly uh, Seagulls taking on the Western Suburbs uh, Magpies, two you know contrasting sides of Sydney, New South Wales, and of course I support the Punsy team, uh, the, the manly Seagulls, who you know they're, they're afraid to get their hair out of place, but hey, they're a very good football team. But mate, the Subway Series that that even got me in my feels. The baseball fans, especially in New York, <laughs> it hits different, my man. Oh my gosh, it, it really does. The electricity around the city and being at the stadium I was there on Tuesday, it was unbelievable. So it's really exciting to see the Subway Series rejuvenated here in New York. Although this, 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 what was that, the Seagulls? The Sandy Seagulls or Salty Seagulls? <laughs> mate, mate, you're making us sound even softer than we are the Sandy Seagulls. Come on now. I like the Sandy Seagulls. The Yankees, Mets, Sandy Seagulls. And for Zana, you, you know the funny part is everyone hates you when you're on top. When you're the top dog, that's what I get from my team back home, and that's what we're seeing this season. Uh, Major League Baseball, Yankees, Mets, both fantastic. <laughs> I mean, apart from the Dodgers, you could argue they're the next two in line. Yeah, there you go. The last Subway World Series the year 2000. I was five years old, so I wouldn't mind seeing that one more time. It would be great for the city of New York. But let's get into what everybody really loves about this segment, and that's Benny and the Bet. So why don't we all just take a deep breath, relax, enjoy this Friday's edition of Benny and the Bets. This is a Subway stop. The Subway Series was this week between the New York Yankees and the New York Mets, two of the best teams in all of baseball. We hit the streets of Manhattan to figure out who New York favors the most, the Yankees or the Mets. Yankees or the Mets? Yankees. Uh, Yankees. 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 Yankees, of course. Yankees, man. Yankees. Let's go Yankees. Go Yanks. I'm a Yankee guy all the way. Yankees. All the way, yeah. Yankees. Yankees. All the way? Uh, all the way. Mets. Mets. I don't, Mets? I don't Mets? know. How do you feel about the Yankees here in New York? Ew, bro, like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mets. Can they win a World Series this year? Absolutely. Mets, obviously. Maybe the Mets. Hey, go Mets, go. Let's go Mets. LFGM, baby. That means let's bleep go Mets. 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 All the way? All the way. New York Mets. Not the Yankees. New York Mets. Orioles. I like you, man. I like your style. I think that the Yankees are on their way to, to, a? To, to a type of relaxation because the Mets are rising up. Subway or taxi? Subway. Taxi. <laughs> Subway. I like a taxi. To the game? Yeah. Seven train. Bronx or Queens? Bronx. Bronx. Queens. Bronx. Queens. I live in the Bronx. I went to school in Queens. I'm going to have to plead the fifth. Oh, Queens. Definitely Queens. You already know. We we want to be with some civilized people. You know what I mean? Bronx or Queens? Jersey. That was a curveball. City Field or Yankee Stadium for a ball game? I think City Field. City Field. City Field. Well, Shea Stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's kind of more of a ballpark. Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium. Aaron Judge or Pete Alonzo? Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge. Uh, Alonzo. Pete Alonzo. 
Come on, Pete Alonzo. Aaron Judge. Who would you oh. rather have a beer with? Judge. Nah, it's Pete Alonzo. It's actually the right answer. <laughs> Peter Alonzo. Well, so that was a Mets guy. You just betrayed the Yankees. I know. Would you like to see a Subway World Series between the Yankees and the Mets? Oh, yeah. No doubt. Yeah, it would be amazing. It'd be, the city would be a buzz. Maybe, hopefully, bring us together. I would be a buzz. <laughs> I would be definitely be a buzz. We'd be a buzz together. <laughs> yeah. Come on, buzz guys. Not him, though. No, that's, he's wearing a Mets yeah, uniform. Sorry. No matter what happens, just get yourself a nice beer, and you, it doesn't really matter. Step up to it. Beautiful. Oh, he's a lefty. He's going down. That's a crouch. Like this. Oh, that was good. That's good. Oh, and the pitch. Boom. That's a strikeout. His phone went flying out of his hands. We're not liable for any of that here on Betting in the Best. No, I got a good case. He's got a good case. Rip. Was that a home run? That's out of there. That's out of there. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> there you go, Dubsy. Bada bing, bada boom. What do you think about that episode? I love it, mate. Uh, I miss New York every time I see it. What a city. What a place. Uh, it turns me back to when uh, I was first there, mate. I go, uh, you know, I'm staying near Central Park, whatever it is. I'll just go for a walk to the other end of the park. Not a small park, mate. It's uh, quite substantial. <laughs> so, New York, I miss that city. And, mate, taxi over the subway. I'm riding the subway every time. I saw some Broadway shows. Nothing like the spectacle I got in the old subway. NYC, baby. Oh, yeah. It just hits a little <laughs> you, different. Great to see the fans out there getting amongst it. You can't nah. beat it, you know? It's like it's like a circus down there. You never know what you're going to see in the subway. <laughs> yeah. So the subway series, you never know what to expect when the Mets and Yankees go to work. But let's get into another aspect of this segment that everybody loves on a Friday, and that's the producer pick. So let's get into it. I'll start with my play. We're going to go no runs first inning between the Mets and the Marlins, we got Chris Bassett, Sandy Alcantara, Contra, however you want to say it. You're getting a little bit of juice here with minus 164, but two great pitchers on the mound. I don't think we're going to be having some six runs that were scored in the Subway Series between the Mets and the Yankees in the first inning. I think it's going to be much slower this time around. Give me the no-run first inning at, um, uh, what is it? It's in Miami this uh, tonight. So give me the no-run first inning in Miami. Love it. I'm, I'm all on uh, for it, mate. Big Sandy. I'm glad that you have issues uh, pronouncing his last name because I can't get it right. Is it Alcantara? It's just Sandy. Sandy, <laughs> like like from Sandy. the Greece days. That's what I'm calling him. I love the play. Exactly. There you go. The Sandy Seagulls. There you go. See, we all oh, tie back it. into it. Stop that's, it. That's where it yeah. all comes back. <laughs> uh, but let's get into our boy John Shames. He's going with a baseball pick. He's not going with an NBA future. I'm surprised, Shamesy guy. But he's got the Astros run line at plus 118. Hey, the Astros, they're a hot team. They're in a little bit of a dip right now, but they're due for a bounce back. Do not sleep on the Astros. You know they're hitting the postseason. You know they're going to go far. So when Houston is uh, giving it plus money, even though it's a run line, I think you still take it. Yeah, when John Shame speaks, you listen. That's one thing I've learned in life. Justin Verlander on the mound. What is he, 13-3 for the season? They lost a series to the Oakland Athletics. How are the A's even still in MLB? That blows my mind. So I absolutely agree with that. And it's plus money on a Friday. Say no more. Yeah, we love plus money here. And now we go to the hottest producer pick of the day. And that's from our guy, Jesse Metzger. He's going with Chris Bassett's over five and a half Ks at minus 116. Now, Dubsy, I'll leave you with this. 
I have a good feeling about a nice producer sweep today. So if you parlay in a same-game parlay plus the Mets and Marlins no-run first inning, the Chris Bassett over five-and-a-half strikeouts, and the Astros run line, put them all together, plus 495. Almost 5-1 to one odds. I think Ooh. we are due for a producer pick sweep here on this Friday. Give me all three. Let's get those plus money odds. Sign me up. Let's get it done on a Friday. I'm booking a steak restaurant for Saturday night. And we're going to call this one the Dubs and Dollar Dazzler, boys. I'm going to ride with you. Boom, boom, boom. The triple play for Zano. Always a good time. Dishing out dimes here on a Friday morning. Does it get any better? Hey, Dubsy, bada bing, bada boom. It doesn't get any better than this. We appreciate you, buddy. <laughs> hey, bada bing, bada boom. Maybe I'll tell the boys down under for that one. One that I could hit you back with. A few stubbies. Short of a six-pack. Does it make sense? No, it does not. Does Dubsy? No, he does not also. The morning after. Let's go. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into the morning after Dubs Anson filling in for Benny Stevens. Now we time to talk about UFC 277. Who better to break it all down? Chantel Chan from the FanDuel Sportsbook. Chantel, I appreciate you making the, uh, the time here on a Friday. We've got a really big card shaping up for this one. Juliana Pena taking on the Lioness. Amanda Nunes, arguably the best to ever do it. What are you looking forward to with this one? Well, this is the rematch, and when you look at the first fight, it was really interesting because Nunez, of course, she started out really strong. We saw the Nunez that we're used to seeing, and then she kind of just gassed out in that second round, and that's when Pena was able to take advantage of it, and Nunez was on her back for that time. Pena put on a great performance. She was landing some major shots. Nunez showed that she definitely has a chin. So in this rematch, you know, there's really good value. If you look at that plus 220 on Juliana Pena, the fact that she's the champion and she's not even the favorite in this fight. But the thing about it is that Nunez, you know, she has the experience. She has gone the distance before as well, which, by the way, if you look at value on if this fight will go the distance, there's definitely value on that as well. But, you know, she's gone the distance with girls like Felicia Spencer and Valentina Shevchenko. So, People are questioning her conditioning right now, but the fact that she's gone the distance before makes you kind of realize that she can still go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. She still has slowed down a little bit, but at the same time, she is the former champ. So when I'm taking a look at this fight, I actually got a role with Nunes to win. I think she's going to have one of those finishes that she needs because the performance that she had in that last fight, it was a little bit embarrassing for a champion. Yeah, and this is uh, the championship rematch for the bantamweight uh, division belt. And I guess, you know, they last fought seven months ago. Originally, it was Penn. They had to move it. Uh, Nunes came down with COVID, didn't have a great lead up to their first fight. They, they were talking about maybe pulling the pin on it. Do we reschedule? But to her credit, wanted to get there, wanted to fight um, and, and obviously copping a shock loss. I mean, you look at her stats, 21 and 5 for her career. But now, Pena, we saw at the press conference, she is full of confidence of confidence you know just brimming at the rim at what point do you look at confidence from the last fight or complacency because we know these fighters in the ufc they never prepare 
like they do, uh, you know, coming off a win as opposed to a brutal loss. But you expect maybe Pena can uh, give her a bit of a run for her money. I think she definitely can. And that's why I love the value for her to win the fight. However, the biggest question is, can she do it again? You talked about yeah. the fact that Nunes did have COVID before the fight. And that's why I think her conditioning was a big part of what happened because we've seen her go the distance before and she just gassed out. And I think that wasn't the main reason why she took that L against Pena. When you talk about that confidence, though, this is probably the biggest upset in UFC history because Amanda Nunes by far is one of the greatest fighters in UFC history. And the fact that Pena beat her, she definitely has confidence coming into this one. I don't think she's complacent at all. She's also talking that talk in all those press conferences right now. So I absolutely love that. I love the fact that she has confidence. But the biggest question is, can she do it again? And if you look at Nunez, sure, she is a little bit slower. But at the same time, when you look at their ability, I still think Nunez does everything a little bit better than her. Pena, very good wrestler, very good grappler. I would say that's 50-50 there but Nunes is a little bit more technical. But I do think rolling into this one, Juliana Pena does have all the confidence and momentum. Yeah, and say yeah, Nunes does get uh, the, the win here, makes it one apiece. Can we expect a trilogy? I know uh, the Lioness is talking about maybe going up to 145, but Pena made a great you know argument. There's no one up at 145. The, you know, the, the real fighters are here. We'd love to see a three-peat between these two because it's quite the matchup. Oh, yeah. You know what? Knowing the UFC, knowing Dana White, we would definitely get a trilogy fight probably in 2023. And if Nunes wins this one, we're for sure getting that fight. Or even if it's a close one and say it goes to the cards and Pena wins, I doubt that. But I think Nunes would win if it did go to the cards. We're definitely getting a trilogy fight for this one. Because like I said, it was the biggest upset. I think everyone left that fight watching it and being stunned. Yeah, and uh, the, the great thing about UFC, the fight betting can pick how they're going to win quickly before we get to the next fight. How's this one going to be decided? TKO, KO submission, what are you thinking? I think Amanda Nunes is going to win this one by KO, and I like the value on that one too if you look at the odds because everyone's talking about how she slowed down a bit. Does she still have it? She has the heart of a champion. She's the lioness. And I think she wants to make a statement in this one just because the performance that she had wasn't a good one. And like I mentioned before, it was embarrassing. So I love the odds of her ending this one in a knockout. And I wouldn't be surprised either if she does it by submission. Chantel Shant from the FanDuel Sportsbook. I'm, uh, I'm in complete agreement with you for this one. Let's take a look at another title fight here. Brandon Marino taking on... Kai Kara France. Kai Kara France, the Kiwi from New Zealand. Can I support him? I don't know. It's an interim UFC flyweight title. Uh, France is your underdog at plus 186. Brandon Marino minus 245. These two last met at UFC 245. What's the expectation for this one? Well, I just want to say, Dubsy, you're from Australia, though. So isn't there a little bit of a rivalry with New Zealand? Yeah, there is. Do you yeah, want there to go is. for Kai Kara France? Exactly, I, I exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I feel you know, bad for him fight, at times, you know. All... Yeah, you know, sometimes you got to go for New Zealand. And you know what? Kai Kara France, Dubsy, he is usually the underdog in every fight. Yeah. And in this one, in the first one, because this is a rematch, of course, but Brandon Marino, you know, he really just dominated this fight, especially in that third and final round. And he was kind of mocking Kai Kara France in that fight as well. And the fact that it went to the card, sometimes that's what the judges look at. He was 
the one backing him down. And Brandon Moreno, he is a Mexican fighter. So the same thing in, in boxing. The thing about Mexican boxers and fighters is they like to come forward a lot and they never give up. Kai Kaur France has a vicious right hand. And that's the look that he wants. He wants the knockout. And I think that's the only way that Kai Kaur France actually wins this one if it is by knockout. Because when it comes to volume, Brandon Moreno is going to dominate. Yeah, and that's another good point you make there, uh, Chantel. This is the first time Kai Kaur France is going to a five-rounder. Yes, he's fought a lot, 24-9, and nine, uh, last beating Cody Garbrandt, who I, I love Cody. What a stylish, cool dude for that one. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think uh, you're spot on the money here. The Kiwi, can he be a bit of a scrapper? I don't know. I uh, Plus money, I can't get behind it. But uh, let's talk about a couple of the big fellas going toe-to-toe. Derek Lewis taking on Pavlovich heavyweights, throwing absolute bombs. This is what we want to see. You know, teeth getting knocked out, sent into the front row. Derek Lewis at plus 112, Pavlovich, Pavlovich minus 142 as your favorite. What's the lean for this one? What are you hearing? Okay, well, you talked about it. We might see some front teeth get knocked out. Where I'm thinking a knockout here. This one doesn't go the distance at all. And there's only two options. I'm going to be real with you, Dubsy. It's either Pavlovich gets the knockout or Derek Lewis gets the knockout. This one is definitely going to end with a vicious knockout. And I like the value on Derek Lewis because you know that he does definitely has that overhead, right? If he's able to close the distance on Sergey, I think he gets the W. So I'm going to roll with Derek Lewis just because I like the value there. And I definitely don't like going against him, but Sergey, a lot of people are rolling with him because he is going to have the reach advantage and he does have the speed advantage, but I like Derek Lewis and uh, you know, he does have that power advantage. Yeah, Derek Lewis sort of trying to maintain, you know, uh, status quo amongst the division. Uh, Sergey definitely on the come up. But that's an interesting point, Chantel, that you make. Do you approach, you know, the heavyweights compared to some of the lighter fighters out there in a different way when it comes to how are they going to win the fight? You know, obviously the bigger guy is more likely to throw that knockout punch. But is that, uh, you know, a strategy you see from the punters when they approach the UFC betting in terms of how they're going to get it done? I mean, I would I would think so. When you look at anyone that's a heavyweight, the one thing that you kind of notice is they kind of gas out near the end and they're throwing vicious haymakers. And in this fight, that's what I definitely expect to see, especially in a heavyweight fight. You, you want to see a knockout and usually you do. And that's why heavyweight fights are so interesting because it can go either way because either of these guys could land a big one and it could be the end of the night for either of them. And someone's going to get tucked in for a nap. So I'm going to roll with Derek Lewis for this one, but I know a lot of people are liking Sergey Pavlovich for this one. I mean, he's 15 and one. And of course, Derek Lewis coming off that knockout with uh, tied to Avasa, right? So he got knocked out oh. really cold and bad in this one. And people yeah. are like, is he going to recover from that? But I got to roll with the veteran in this one. Yeah, and uh, you, you make a great point there, Chantel. And I'm always asking the hard-hitting questions, especially when I fill in for <laughs> Benny Stevens here on the morning after. Bam Bam Tuivasa, um, he is an Australian, known for doing the shoey after he gets it done. If you were there and you got the knockout in the octagon, are you partaking in the shoey? And what would be the beverage choice? Bam Bam's one of my favorite fighters. I can't, I can't do the shoey, man. <laughs> oh, okay, well... Dubsy would have to do it for you, Chantel. And we're going full diesel. Yeah. I think I'd load it up with Fireball Sun to get the party started. But this is the beauty of the UFC um, 277 tomorrow night. It's coming along every single week. Now, for some of the punters who maybe haven't got involved uh, with the old fight betting, give us a couple of markets 
to maybe look at for tomorrow night. Not your just, you know, traditional who's going to win or submission. You can also get involved props, time betting, any other uh, markets we should be looking at. Well, the one market that I think we should definitely be looking at is also Kaikara France to probably possibly get a knockout of this one, right? There's some really good value there because he does have a vicious right hand. Personally, I think that one's going to the cards. I don't think it's going to be much different from the first one. And I also like the fact that for Nunez, this one could also go to the cards with her and Pena. There's some good value on that one as well, just because they're both very tough. Love it. Chantel Chan from the FanDuel Sportsbook. Chantel, one last question. Mayweather, Conor McGregor, if it happens again, are you here for it or no, we've seen enough? I'm, I'm always here for that one. I'm always here for that there one. There <laughs> you go. Chantel Chan, have yourself a Friday. We appreciate you making the time. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into the morning after. Dubs Anson filling in for Benny Stevens. We're going to talk some football and no better in the business than Megan Payton, MP. I love talking shop and there's plenty to talk about. Training camps underway in the NFL this week. I guess, uh, you know, big contract talks uh, amongst the league, but uh, DK Metcalf getting the bag yesterday. $72 million, three-year extension for the Seattle Seahawks, making him the highest paid player on the roster. I think the sixth highest paid wide receiver in the league a 30 million dollar signing bonus are they paying overs are they paying unders do you agree with the price tag for Metcalf Dubsy thank you for having me on and uh you know we've talked about DK before I'm a huge DK Metcalf fan I am happy this deal got done and I think the Seahawks were ready to get it done because DK held out for what two days during training camp and they were like all right let's figure this out now he gets the money that he deserves it's not as long of a deal as probably Seattle would like given the fact that DK is only 24 years old which is absolutely nuts but they give him this 30 million dollar signing bonus dubs making him now like you said the highest paid Seahawks on the roster having said that though it is the highest signing bonus 30 mil for a receiver um, and it really makes sense you look at what Metcalf has done at 216 catches 3,170 yards 29 touchdowns this is over three seasons DK has never missed a game. He played last season with essentially a broken bone in his foot. He had to get surgery on that during the offseason. But the Seahawks need DK Metcalf to even have a chance at having a successful season. And it's kind of hard, Dubs, when you look at Metcalf's stats because it gets skewed a little bit because they also have a great wide receiver in Tyler Lockett. So he's splitting yeah. reps with them. And, and not to mention, you know, things weren't all fantastic with Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf last year there was a little bit of drama on the field you could see some frustration coming from Metcalf you know he probably wouldn't admit to it but everyone loves to praise Russ but let's talk about it when Russell Wilson came back from his finger injury it wasn't fantastic for him and DK Metcalf didn't feel like he was getting targeted enough so let's see whether it's Geno Smith or Drew Locke DK Metcalf's going to be probably the only bit of hope for the Seattle Seahawks 
Yeah, I think the outlook's uh, pretty grim. And whenever I'm in the gym, MP, everyone's always coming up to me like, damn, man, you, you lift weights like DK Metcalf. What a specimen. What an athlete. Yes. Let's talk about NFC West. Let's talk about Kyler Murray. Can you believe what's played out with his contract? Um, the Cardinals putting in the clause there saying, hey, we need a bit of uh, study time. H- hands off the old <laughs> Xbox, the PlayStation. They've come out yesterday saying, no, no, no. We're going to scrap that for the Cardinals. $230 million. They've just paid for Kyler Murray. Not the best start to training camp. Very, very bad start, Dubs. I mean, not only, you know, was there the drama before training camp about Kyler Murray making it very public that he wanted this contract done. And, you know, that's I wouldn't necessarily say that Kyler Murray was in a situation and a place to do that, but he felt that he was. Anyway, he gets paid, and then this comes out, this independent study clause. He's got to do four hours a week, you know, without distractions, take away the video games, the iPads, and, of course, the NFL world kind of had a big uproar about it. So then what happens? The Cardinals say yesterday, all right, we're going to take it out due to, uh, you know, misunderstanding. We're going to get rid of the clause because it wasn't perceived the way that we intended. I'm thinking, all right, well, how else did you guys mean it? I think, Dubs, it's a bad look for the Cardinals. It's a bad look for Kyler Murray. And I've been saying this for a long time. I am not riding Arizona this year. You look at the NFC West odds. They have the third best odds at plus 300. I mean, I'm not I'm not going with them. I really think you look at the Rams here. It makes sense. I know we don't like to see, uh, you know, a Super Bowl reigning team going back again. But to me, they have the best chance when we look at the NFC West. The Niners, on the other hand, it's not all great there. They do decide to officially go with Trey Lance, leaving Jimmy G's trade rumors up in the air, as always. I'm interested to see what's going to happen with wide receiver Debo Samuel For many months in the offseason, Dubs, we were thinking, all right, it was less about the contract for Debo Samuel and more about him not liking the way that he was being used in their offense. Now we're hearing that that might not be the case. Debo Samuel might be okay with kind of doing that running back receiver combo, but he wants to get paid accordingly. Either way, Dubs, I am not riding with the Cardinals this year, and I'm hesitant to say anything about the 49ers just with how up in the air they are. And then, of course, we look at the Seahawks at plus 1,500. It is not looking good for them, not to mention, Dubs, uh, running back Chris Carson, probably their their only other good star offensive player outside of Tyler Lockett um, has to retire due to neck injury. Kind of upsetting there because it actually wasn't a football injury. This has been a, a really serious issue that Chris Carson has dealt with now. He missed a majority of the season last year due to this neck injury, and now he has to step away. So it is all up to DK Metcalf to bring the Seahawks to some, I guess, a winning team. I don't see it happening, Dubs. Yeah, and and look, that's not the only offensive weapon uh, the Seattle Seahawks have. You're sleeping on the Aussie kicker, uh, big Mikey Dixon. (laughs) He's doing doing great things with the old punting department. So, look, it's not a good outlook for them, MP. Uh, Talk to me about Tom Brady, the Buccaneers. You know I'm not number one on the uh, the old uh, the GOATS uh, cheer squad, if you will. Big (laughs) news, yes, Ryan Jensen, he's center, he's protector, he's enforcer, goes down. It looks like a pretty serious knee injury with what's being reported. What does that mean for uh, for Tampa Bay? They've still got a little bit of time up their sleeves, but Tom Brady, he wouldn't be thrilled with this start. 
No, Dubs, this is really unfortunate. And everything that we're hearing, it's one of those kind of, you know, gives you chills moments where uh, we heard from everyone in Tampa that it just became a somber moment. You clearly don't want to ever see any of your players get hurt out in practice, but especially a leader like Ryan Jensen, who has been a major part of Tampa's offensive line for five seasons. In 2018, they switched him from guard to center, wanting a new approach, wanting to be more aggressive. And he's done such a great job at protecting Tom Brady the last two seasons. Uh, last year, he only allowed two sacks in the regular season and postseason combined. So when you think about, you know, Tom Brady, his age and what he needs to be successful, I'd say he needs a good offensive line. And this is not good for Tampa because guess what, Dubs? They already have to, they're going to be without their two guards that, you know, have been so successful for them last season. One going to the Bengals, one going into retirement. And now if you're going to have to change centers too, I think it's a bad situation for the Bucs. I think it's a really bad situation for Tom Brady. And to be honest, Dubs, if I'm Brady, I'm going, I don't know how I feel about this. Maybe I step away before I get seriously injured. If I don't have the guys I need in front of me to protect me from that massive injury, probably not the best. But of course, we, we don't know anything yet for sure about Jensen's status. We heard that he did get an MRI last night. It might take a few days for a diagnosis to happen due to the swelling of the knee. So we're, we're all rooting for him. I don't care if you're a Brady fan or not. You hate to see that during training camp before the season starts. Yeah, you're completely spot on. And uh, I, I guess the Bucks picking up Julio Jones. Julio Jones, Megan, yeah. I feel five years ago, he was the man. Has he still got a lot to offer? I mean, you know, you've got to think with Brady throwing in the ball, he's got a lot of weapons down there now. Could they be making another run? I mean, I think, you know, the Buccaneers are doing it great, and they're doing it great because of Tom Brady. And Julio Jones, yeah. you know, is he going to get as many, uh, you know, receiving yards as maybe a Mike Evans, Chris Godwin? I don't think so. But at the same time, it's definitely not going to hurt. It made sense what the Bucs did here with, you know, a one-year deal for Julio Jones. Of course, he's not in his prime anymore. But Brady and Julio Jones, I like the combination there. And and of course, the Buccaneers are, when you look at the NFC, they're going to be the favorites all around. I'm interested to see what happens with Ryan Jensen. Not a lot of times do we talk about, you know, centers and how much of an impact they have. But to me, this is a player that really has such an impact on Tampa and their offense and what that does for Tom Brady. But I still like these odds for the Buccaneers at plus 340. The NFC a lot more open than the AFC as far as competition goes. It's all over the place. Packers with the second best odds tied with the Rams. I'm a bit surprised, Dubs, when I look at this list, that the Rams aren't a little bit shorter when we look at that compared to the Packers. I mean, the Packers, yes, of course, you've got Aaron Rodgers, but they're going to be without their star wide receiver, Devontae Adams, who is now flipping sides over to the AFC with the Raiders. And then to have the 49ers at plus 750, come on now, Trey Lance, don't, don't tell me right away he's going to be able to bring you to an NFC championship. Ice Trey, can we can we already give him uh, that title? Is he going to deliver when it counts? I mean, Jimmy G, he didn't have a bad record, but keeping in line with the NFC, the Cowboys there at plus 850. Dak Prescott coming out to the media uh, during the week saying, hey, this is going to be my golden year. What's he had one playoff win in his last yeah. six seasons? Megan, this is like my sports betting career. This is going to be my golden year. This is where we get it done. Big wins only. What's your take for the Cowboys and Dak Prescott? 
Well, first, happy birthday to Dak Prescott. It's his golden birthday. He said it's going to be his golden year. So we are going to see. I know Cowboys fans would love that. Cowboys fans say that every year. It's the year. This is the year for the Dallas <laughs> yeah. Cowboys. And maybe it is. I've said this before on the show. I kind of like the Eagles shot when we look at the NFC East. I don't think any of them are really making it probably a huge stretch in the postseason. Uh, you can never rule out the Dallas Cowboys. I think when I look at... Um, Dallas, though, an interesting thing that I'm going to be paying attention to, uh, Dubs, is the running game. Because we always talk about Ezekiel Elliott, but is he going to be the player with, you know, that really gets this run game going for Dallas? It might be Tony Pollard. And then you look over on the receiver side, you know, they traded away wide receiver Amari Cooper. And so now CeeDee Lamb has to be that player. He says he's up for the challenge. He says he's ready for it. But now it's time to prove it on the field, Dubs. Uh, one thing that I think I keep... Thinking about, though, and one thing we still don't know as we get closer and closer to the season is where is Jimmy Garoppolo going to end up? He passed the physical dubs, so we know he's good. We know that the 49ers officially say that they're going with Trey Lance. They all met, um, you know, a few days ago, and then the 49ers say, all right, this is what we're doing. And now I, I want to know, what does that mean for Jimmy G? Is he going to go to Seattle? Are they going to figure out a deal within the division? It would surprise me, but I think at this point now, the 49ers want to get rid of him, and they want really to get rid of him because of, um, you know, what he's doing to the cap space and how much money they're having to pay him but you see it right here Adam Schefter tweeted out um earlier yesterday Kyle Shanahan officially says we have moved on to Trey so Jimmy G needs to get out of the building I think all is fine with that and let's see maybe Garoppolo can find some success somewhere else yeah absolutely and still a lot of unknowns uh with Trey especially you know trying to get through uh training camp preseason Jimmy G I feel like He's been hard done by. He's uh, he's achieved everywhere he's gone. And now, who knows uh, for the next destination. What about Baker Mayfield and Darnold? The fans are cheering for Baker. They want Baker. Is he going to start <laughs> week one for the Panthers, Megan? I think so, Dubs. This is great because this is like that true quarterback battle and yeah. training camp. We don't see it a lot. And so this has been so exciting to watch. I'd have to think that Carolina is still leaning on Baker to some degree. There's a reason they brought him in. There's a reason, you know, you don't do that to Sam Darnold. That obviously changes his confidence and, you know, kind of his thought for the team. So I don't think you do that with Sam Darnold if you don't have the intentions of starting Baker Mayfield. Having said that, if, if for some reason all goes downhill and Baker Mayfield does terrible during the preseason, you know, you've got Darnold right there, but all signs to me are pointing to Baker Mayfield. Love it. Megan Payton breaking down everything in the NFL. Megan, there's two contrasting athletes in football. Gardner Minshew, who's been living in the gym <laughs> the past five months, and Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette, that's the off-season. Dubsy's been having Megan Payton. You are the best. We'll talk soon. Keep it right here. The morning after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into the morning after. I'm Dubs Anderson filling in for Benny Stevens as we wrap up the show here, the end of hour number two. We uh, we hope Benny's having a good time. He'll be back on Monday. The ship will be steady. We've had a great show, jam packed with some. 
great guest. We're talking a little UFC 277, the PGA Tour, round two underway for the Rocket Mortgage Classic, and of course, baseball. But before we say farewell, before we say goodbye, it's time for Bye Bye Bye. Okay, where are we going for this one? We're going to keep it locked with baseball. I'm going to start your weekend strong. We're looking at the Mets taking on the Marlins. The Mets, I feel like uh, Derek Zoolander. So hot right now. That is the Mets. We've got Bassett taking on Sandy Alcantara. 9-4, and 1.81 ERA. We're going to ride the unders. The projected total there set at 6.5. I'm going to say we're not going to see a lot of runs this evening. Minus 118. The Mets, minus 125 of the money line. I could entertain it, but that is my play of the day for Bye Bye Bye. Projected total. We're going to ride the unders. It's boring. It's not flashy, but that's what we're all about here on the Sports Grid Network. Betting smarter, not harder. Cash and winners. Getting dimes here on a Friday. And how's your weekend going? Hit us up on social media at Sports Grid, at Sports Grid TV. Tell us who you're leaning with, who you're rolling with. Maybe you've got a couple of fade plays. And tell Uncle Dubsy what's up. You know I live for that banter. Plenty of great programming coming up here for the rest of the day. Keep it locked on the Sports Grid Network, giving you the winning edge. Get the tickets in. Pour yourself a cold run. It's happy hour somewhere. It's Friday, baby. The week is done. Don't worry about work. Don't worry about the husband, the wife, the partner. Let's just back winners and do it together here on the Sports Grid Network. I'm Dubs Anson. It's been an absolute pleasure, a treat filling in for my main man, Benny Stevens, he's back on Monday, and we're back to cash and winners. That's what we're doing, making a couple of dimes, double your money, making a couple of stacks. If you're in the red, go to bed. If you get it to the black, keep it on the attack. Have yourself a Friday. This has been the morning after. Dubsy signing out. Let's go. <laughs>